What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Legends of Athletics podcast. You know who it is. You know it's your favorite host with the most. Don't go and venture into a different, a different avenue. Something that I'm not very familiar with. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with it, but not very comfortable with. Um, and I got a person who I believe in is an expert or one of the experts in this field to talk to, talk with me to, uh, to convey with you guys the different ideas and things that go into the world of mixed martial arts. Um, Lavelle has practiced this for quite some time, even before he was probably able to even comprehend what it was he was doing. He's been practicing this for quite some time. But before we jump into this podcast, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and rate this podcast, and share this podcast with a neighbor, friend, relative, what have you. Um, and keep this thing going because it takes your supports and your support and your listens to keep this thing moving and going in the right direction. And so with that, we're going to jump straight into this podcast. So uh, Lavelle, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do exactly. Oh yeah, no problem, man. So yeah, my name is uh, Lavelle Miller. I'm uh, Justin's uh, big little cousin uh, about the two months we, uh, um, but yeah, more or less, I am a uh, I'm mixed martial arts practitioner, grappler. I compete um, as often as I can, not as often as I actually would like. But um, I wouldn't consider myself an expert in this field, but I do know a lot um, and, and attempting to grow and learn more um, in regards to the sport. Yeah, it, um, I guess it, take, it, takes a, <laughs> it takes a lot to be an expert in the field of mixed martial arts, I, w- I would guess because there's so many different um, styles and practices, but, you know, you're, you're comfortable in talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for the, for the average person out there um, who's probably listening and don't have a clue about what it is that we're talking about with MMA or mixed martial arts um, to say it out, what is mixed martial arts? Yeah. So mixed martial arts, uh, Mixed martial arts, you know, or MMA, when you make it a common term or a shorter term, is uh, the combination of different uh, martial arts styles throughout the world. Um, and it is, you know, a person puts their style together. And uh, typically, you know, you try to set it up to where you can compete against other mixed martial artists to see if your style actually works. Uh, taking it all the way back to the beginning, uh, mixed martial arts, um, well, it wasn't even called that at the time. You had your Taekwondo guys versus your karate guys. You had your uh, grapplers versus your different various strikers, and you wanted to see what style worked the best. Um, and in 1993, came around the UFC, the most prominent uh, organization for mixed martial arts, uh, came and started putting it to a forefront. And then we, you fast forward the few years that mixed martial arts has actually been around, and you'll see now uh, people there. You don't have typical the grappler only person, the striker only person. Uh, you see the well-roundedness of these guys um, fighting uh, and then, of course, putting their own flavor and style uh, to it. But uh, but circling all the way back, yeah, mixed martial arts is just simply uh, mixing all of the uh, martial arts styles that you see around the world and uh, putting it together and uh, making the style your own. So would you say could, could boxing – and karate be considered mixed martial arts. <laughs> well, so 
in the term in, in the uh in the term mixed you got to have them together right so you got to have you got to have a combination of one style like so you could say like karate and taekwondo are traditional martial arts styles if the mm-hmm. person mixes their style together you would then you know could, could consider them an mma fighter but they also but like karate um you actually learn how to get off the ground uh, not a, not deep into it, but you learn how to get off the ground versus Taekwondo. You will not. You just learn how to kick. Karate also teaches you how to punch. So you see, you'll have the flashy kicks that you get from Taekwondo, but then you'll be able to get off the ground from the karate and as well as uh, better accurate punching and blitzing, some different terms that they use um, within yeah. their sport. And like boxing, uh, it's a fundamental, you know what I'm saying, in, in regards of uh, MMA. Uh, there's a lot of people come with different striking styles, but uh, a lot of the wrestlers, they just adapt boxing uh, because of the proximity you have to fight in a lot of times for your style to work uh, with them. So, like, for example, like a wrestler and a boxer, uh, they combine their skills together. They could be a really good MMA fighter if they were at a high level in that sport, but um, they may not have the kicks, um, such as, like they, uh, like I say, a Taekwondo do guy and a jiu-jitsu guy, which is you do see a lot now is more prominent in uh, MMA is uh, a person figuring out what they ba- their base is, what they grew up doing or what they like the most, and they find out whatever other style goes with it to help them stay in the most comfortable area they want to stay in. Yeah, so I want y'all to know, I threw that question in there. That wasn't a question that was, that was off the cuff because I want y'all to know, because he answered that for me, I am a low-level mixed martial artist. So if you want some, <laughs> come get it. <laughs> I just want y'all know I'm low level. I ain't no high levels. I'm low level. But what what persuaded you to to participate in MMA and grappling? Like what 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 uh was it something that you just had a hunger to do, or was it something that you just kind of jumped in? You know, just as a hobby. Like some I know some people jump in it like as something that they just picked up as a hobby because they don't play sports or anything anymore. And then I know some people that jump in it because it's something like they always had that that burning thing to do. Like maybe they participated in the school's wrestling team with the school's wrestling team or uh, or just very aggressive sports. And um, that's what led them to jump to jump into MMA. So what 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 got you into into MMA and grappling? I'm going to tell you this off the top. I can't like I can give you what ended up leading me there. But like from the beginning, I, I honestly don't know. I ended up, you know, of course, you know, we used to uh, come over uh, back in the day and we used to wrestle in the backyard when I had those matches and stuff. I used to watch wrestling all the time. And then yeah, it wasn't flexing me. <laughs> flexing <laughs> me in the back. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know what real wrestling was until I got into eighth grade. So, you know, we're talking about this is – you know, five, six, seven, all the way up until I was almost, you know, 13, 14 years old when I ended up actually figuring out what actual wrestling was. But I do remember, like, I know you hear a lot of guys that you talk to, they'll say they got into it when they watched The Ultimate Fighter um, season one when Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin uh, put MMA on the map because of the fight that they had. And then if you actually look at it, now, if you went back and wa- rewatched that fight, that fight was super sloppy. Um, obviously, them dudes could put them hands on me. But mm-hmm. the fight in general was uh, super sloppy. There wasn't a lot of technique. These dudes are out here just throwing hands, which is that's what a lot of folks like to see anyway, 
it's just uh blood and guts. But I um you know you know looking and when I started wrestling, like I remember playing some video games, like some UFC games, because I always thought it was interesting because I, I like boxing and stuff, but boxing you knew that there was more to it. I was like, I don't care if somebody that you see say that they grew up boxing. You already knew if they got took it down to the ground, they probably couldn't do nothing. But um, as I got older and I started wrestling and stuff in school and started coaching guys um, after my career came to a very early end uh, from wrestling. But when I started watching um, different events and watching these guys, um, you know, do all that, you know, their striking techniques and everything else, the competitor in me was like, man, this is stuff that I could still do. And plus, uh, just watching it and uh, people always telling me when we watch fights here, they still say it now, I'll tell them something that's going to happen 30 seconds before it happens. Mm -hmm. And they were like, man, how did you know that? And I'm like, yeah, man, because you can see, like, just the studying of the sport, you can just see the techniques, um, what a person has been setting up for a while. And uh, a lot of people, they watch the fights. They just watch it. And then that, sometimes they boo, especially in a grappling match, uh, or if it's just grappling, not just a grappling match, just grappling, because they don't understand what's going on. And uh, But from being young and then looking and being, and, you know, deep into this, trying to be deep into the sport, I've been able to look and tell and feel what somebody's going to do. And uh, when I ended up, doing something short time when I was in the service, uh, the grappling that we did do there in regards of the, uh, in the martial arts world. And so I decided to take the leap and, uh, go ahead and go for it. Yeah. So what's the difference? I, I, I hear you talking about, uh, mixed martial arts competitions as far as the combat that we all know. And then I hear you talking about grappling. What's the difference between the, the MMA and the grappling. All right, so uh, mixed martial arts is what you see on TV. It's the uh, the four ounce gloves uh, and the you know the sh the shorts and just going out there uh, seeing what styles work. You mix everything up: your submissions, your striking, mm -hmm. uh, your wrestling. Uh, that's what pretty much that's what an MMA fight is. Grappling, uh, and then I'll, I'm gonna end up throwing this caveat in there with it. Traditionally, grappling. Uh, if you came from a wrestling background or if you've seen a wrestling match, it's traditionally on points. Uh, you get points for doing certain things, passing guards, taking uh, advantage or not advantage, but uh, becoming in a more dominant position. Uh, you gain points for that. Um, and then there's also the sub-only style. Uh, now uh, a big thing is this thing called combat jujitsu, where you allow strikes on the ground, open hand strikes, so you can't punch somebody. But uh, pretty much you slapping somebody, mm -hmm. and uh, as a man, that's the worst thing somebody can do to you. You much rather right. go ahead and slap. But uh, it's <laughs> pissing me off. If like it, <laughs> slap tease me off. So, but yeah, you uh do that, and the reason why combat jujitsu um is becoming so big, it's helping the guys who used to do MMA learn uh like give them something to do after their career is over. That's more or less safer for them. If they didn't want to just go straight into, I want to only grapple. I wanted to have some striking in there. And then mm -hmm. uh, for the guys on the other side of the spectrum, when you like, man, do I want to actually get into a cage and fight somebody and see my grappling up to par? Cause I can't handle the hands. 
you get some combat jujitsu in there, take some slaps, and uh, see what's uh, see what's what. You may get slapped a few times and be like, yeah, okay, I'm good. Uh, combat mm-hmm. jujitsu also let you lose by knockout. So if somebody's just giving it to you, then uh, you decide, okay, I want to tap out. And also with that, I um, want to throw in that it it helps um, you learn the correct positioning. So in traditional uh, sub-only styles, which is um, not going to get really too deep in that, don't want to confuse nobody, but in sub-only styles, people will normally put themselves in a very bad position all the time. What you notice, their face will be wide open. It's typically when they go for a lot of leg locks and stuff like that. Uh, combat jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. helps solve that problem because if you have two hands on my leg, that means you can't protect your face. So that means I'm going to start raining out some slaps on you. Do you have to let it go and figure something else out? Mm-hmm. But, um, it te- but it helps give the notion because the problem is most people don't do this to compete. They do it for self-defense. So you don't want to get in a position mm-hmm. where you're out on the street and think that, hey, I'm attacking this guy's legs. There's nothing he can do. But in reality, he can just let it rain on you and you haven't been preparing mm-hmm. yourself uh, to defend against it. I got you, got you. So how, how do you train for it? Like, for, is there a difference when you're training for competition versus like if somebody was just doing it? And I'm not sure if this is something that's familiar within the, the ranks of MMA or jiu-jitsu or the different disciplines, but um, is there a difference between training like of course, we know training for a fight and like doing stuff drastically different if you were just doing it for fitness and self-defense purposes or is there is there any di- I guess is there a difference when you're doing it for self-defense versus if you're just doing it as something fitness wise. So like if you were just going, I guess, and just sparring or doing something like that, is there a difference in the way you would approach it? Yeah. So if you are a competitor um well actually no let me do the fitness one first because uh, this might resonate with more people so in, with fitness what you would be doing is and um self-defense fitness regardless when you're going to the gym right you would definitely want to make sure that you're not around the people who are wanting to compete very often because they might end up trying to roll hard with you strike hard and that's not what you're interested in you're interested in just doing the fitness but uh what you would typically do uh, with that is you would focus solely on um, the correct way to do things. So I'm focusing on this is how I throw a jab. This is how I throw a cross. Um, this is how I get up off the ground. If somebody's attacking me, what you're trying to do and you incorporate it and then you try to be around those people that are incorporating the same things that you are. Uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, competition, um, there's typically things that you do in competition and out of competition. Um, so in uh, out of competition, what you want to do is get a lot of reps in, um, drilling new tech. That's when you figure out uh, new techniques that you've been trying to work on. That's when you work on things that you realize were holes in your game or something that you already knew was a hole in your game from a, a past mm-hmm. event um, that you would do. Um, and then typically just a lot of drilling. Like, you might add a few, a couple things, but you're normally just doing a lot of drilling. Um, competition time is not time to go into the bag of tricks and try to learn all these new different techniques. 
it's time to focus mm-hmm. on things that you are very good at and um, things that you know that your opponent may or may not do. So uh, mm-hmm. you look at it as, okay, I'm going to work on my takedown defense because I know this guy's a good wrestler, and then I'm going to work on uh, uppercuts from that because I'm a good boxer, and I know the guy's typically going to come in and his head might be down on a couple of these shots, or I may work on mm-hmm. a couple of uh, knees uh, that way he comes in and gets me, or knees from the clinch. So that's what you would typically do, but you wouldn't go deep into, okay, I want to learn this and learn that. You would drill those yeah. certain techniques for the, uh, for the event um, that you're going through uh, with your weaknesses and your strengths in mind, and the same with your opponents. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess that, that would make sense because uh, I, I guess you, I thought I think of it from a standpoint of like any other sport, like football or basketball, baseball, soccer, or what have you. Um, whenever you're practicing, the majority of the time it's just drills. Like I don't think it's a, you have to think as much for those sports as you would in MMA. Not to I'm not trying to water it down, but MMA you have to think about so many different scenarios depending on you know, what you choose to do and the three or four things that they can do from each angle or position, so to speak. So, I, you know, I kind of think of it. That's, that's the way I make – that's the way I make sense of it in my in my head uh, for anybody out there listening that's, that's learning like I am at the moment. <laughs> like um, Joe Rogan said before, uh, chess – I mean, I'm sorry. MMA is like human chess, and – that's that is pretty much a great way to put it. You you're trying to set your opponent into traps to do what you want to do, and then have them on the defense the entire time. Um, but once again, if you're too offensive because you're not worried about it, that person sees that open and just like in a chess game, next thing you know, now you're moving backwards. So it's a beautiful thing to watch when you see two high level people doing um, doing what they want to do, seeing their game plan. Uh, implemented and seeing folks uh, wilt or un- wilt under the pressure um, that I yeah. used to uh, dealing with. Yeah, because I mean, hand to hand combat. I'm thinking about even in the street fight. You have to. It's a move within a move. Like some of the best, I guess, you say best street fighters or whatever um, that I ever seen. Basically, what had the ability to set up the man with uh, whatever it is they wanted to do before they actually did the finishing put the finishing touches on it so like i know in boxing one thing i learned from from boxing was throwing wrong punches on purpose like uh, basically throwing an off punch or a punch that's not on target just to set up the other one so like if i wanted to throw a, a right hook i would just throw an off jab that goes outside of uh my opponent's uh face or the cheek area um to make them lean and to lean over into the right, uh, lean over and dip into that right hook. So it's right in line on target. Yeah. That's one thing that I kind of thought about, uh, when you were talking about that. So, you know, now I'd let y'all know a little bit about my background. I'm a little boxing, you know, I never thought I'd get to use any of that, but, uh, <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I'm listening. No, you said, yeah, yeah, you said it right. Cause ideally that's the same thing. Like you see like a person in the street fight, um, you know, some of these people in the street streets, they think they got hands and then they realize yeah. they roll against somebody who know how to fight and they realize they ain't got nothing. Uh, yeah. I, my, I would tell you my biggest pet peeve 
of all time is watching street fights. And when a dude takes it to the ground, everybody want to run over there and get separate them and then say, okay, now you fight again. That's not, yeah. That's not how you fight. Like it's got to be on yeah stand up. Yeah. <laughs> they want them. Stand yeah, up. you just want to do the <laughs> box because at the same time, let's say you stand them up and then that dude throw a wheel kick and crack that dude. Uh-huh. You're gonna be like, man, quit throwing kicks. It's like, no, dog, you ain't boxing in the streets. We fighting. Yeah. So if I need to do what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it. And uh, I understand, like, okay, if I take this dude down and you see me have him full mount and I'm raining down shots on him, obviously. You know, a person with common sense is either gonna get off the dude after a few punches, and he realizes dude can't do nothing about it, or somebody yeah. gonna break him up. But if we scrapping and then it gets to the ground, I don't need nobody running over there trying to separate us because this, like I said, this ain't boxing. This is fight. This is real life. And mm-hmm. you, you'll be humbled real fast if you realize you don't know how to get up when a dude's on top of you. And that's the thing, like when you fighting. Like when you in a situation where you have to fight, you you naturally to me and tell you tell me if I'm wrong. Well, to me, you naturally are gonna gravitate to whatever your strengths are anyway. Now, if you just with a superior fighter, it really don't matter because they'll basically lead you to where they want you to go. You know, you'll become defensive more than offense. Uh, you'll play defense more than offense because you're not gonna be the aggressive, but you naturally are going to do whatever it is to get yourself. That's human nature to get out of that, you know, whatever predicament that you in. And so that's, that's kind of what I think, what I think about when I think about it, but you know, like I know with me growing up, the, you know, when I got into fights and stuff like that, not saying, you know, that it was always right, wrong, this and that, whatever. But when I got into fights, I knew like I was a good ground person. So like, if I could get your legs, you know what I'm saying, slam a person, whatever. Like, that was my comfort zone, naturally. And so, um, you know, you have to train to get better at other parts, like a stand, have a nice stand-up game, this and that, whatever. But even that, like you were saying, if you know how to fight, a person can be wild. And I don't want to take this too far from fitness and, and into the, you know, fighting. But even if a person is wild, you still have control into doing whatever it is that you want to do. Um, yeah, you're right on that. Yeah, because that's that you right on the, the natural gravitation of uh how you feel. And then I and I really feel like even if you're not a natural like grappler or anything like that, and like you said, I know that way we, we just go ahead and circle back after this, but if you're not used to getting hit, right? Even if you thought you were this big bad dude, and a dude land a clean shot on you, or a girl, and a girl lands a clean shot on another girl, or whatever, you gonna naturally mm-hmm. probably want to clinch and grab that person because you don't want to get hit anymore. So now you try to figure uh-huh. out what what can I do to take this to somewhere else? I feel like I got an advantage, and that's why people don't really realize when people are fighting out in the streets. That's the reason why it goes to the ground. Nine out of ten times, um, it's actually a stat, and uh, I should have had it for you, uh, but I didn't even think we were gonna go this way on the pod. But um, nine out of ten fights that you have in the street end up on the ground. So if uh, if you don't know how to get up, and uh, you don't know how to when somebody grabs you, and you don't know how to break away mm-hmm. from that, um, you're gonna be in for a long day or night, depending on the circumstance. Right. So. Well, coming back to 
to follow up with the last question I asked you, you know, we were talking about those, the training style and how you train for this, that, and the other. Is conditioning for MMA different from conditioning for, for is it is does the sport of MMA have, have a specific way to condition for the sport or is it just whatever you feel? Like in football, I know a lot of wind sprints, like a lot of 110s and 20-yard runs, stuff like that is what you do basketball a lot of minute runs and, and things like that suicides and things like that excuse me is what you do to condition um does mma have its own like conditioning um test or its own conditioning standards or is it like you just go on like whatever feels i guess feels right for you or whatever is is you know putting you in the best position uh as far as conditioning goes so conditioning for mma it actually so Think about all them non-fun activities for conditioning that you are doing for football and basketball and wrestling and throw them all in the MMA bag because they probably going to do all of them. And then on yeah. top of that, add the fact that you got to do different things. Like for a person with uh, leg kicks and stuff like that, you have to do this thing called shin conditioning. Um, and that's when mm-hmm. you typically kick a heavy bag like, some some people do it like I have a heavy bag in my garage. I have a whole gym set up in my garage, and I wish it was on the ground uh, because I end up having to throw more body kicks than anything else. But you end up having to kick the bag sometimes. It's a hundred times with each leg, um, like before and after practice. And uh, sometimes it's just that's what your warm up is. It's just going to the heavy bag and then kicking it because you want to condition them shins. You want to deaden those nerves. That way you can throw that bad boy as hard as you can and uh, not have a problem. Uh, and then, of course, you know, boxing has its own boxing, kickboxing, or grappling. You have your own set of drills that you do many times mm-hmm. uh, for overall conditioning. Uh, but the big thing uh, for uh, MMA folks is uh, MMA or grappling is sparring um, the actual thing you're doing because that's that's how you get in the best uh, condition to fight, in my opinion. Um, you know, it'll help your, uh, your timing will be good because you're used to doing this thing at a certain rhythm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if I've been doing this, I need to rest here. Um, and if I don't need to rest here, I need to do this, this, and this. And the only way you actually figure all that stuff out is by actively sparring um, or gra- or grab. Well, sparring is the same thing for either one. But mm-hmm. a- actively sparring, um, that way you can figure out, okay, I'm doing this well, I'm not doing this well. And then Next thing you know, things will come natural. Uh, even when I've done sparred with um, the high, high level guys, um, I ended up realizing when you do it often enough, you can set stuff up on these these higher level guys because they are used to they they know all your tools anyway. They the ones training you. But mm-hmm. when you can realize, okay, I'm doing this, he's doing this, and then you start setting up like you're saying the same thing with the off pattern. Like if I'm throwing, I'm gonna throw this jab out wide because I know he's gonna. You know, running right into this hook, you can do the same things, and but the timing for it is a whole lot better when you are actually in there sparring. And when you get tired, um, that's when you can realize if your technique is really lacking because you know the first five minutes, the first two three minutes of anything you're doing, when you fresh technique, you think your technique's on point, but you might be using a whole lot of energy that you don't need to use, and then you'll learn that hey. I'm using too much energy here and my technique isn't mm-hmm. good once you get tired. So sparring uh, helps circle all that back to you 
and you'll realize, okay, I'm getting tired now. Now I'm going to do – I may not do these moves anymore, but I know my technique on these few things are really good. That way I can rest when I need to rest and then when mm-hmm. I need to strike. And I would say I know, like, when you were talking about, the, you know, shin conditioning and stuff like that, like conditioning in general, I know when I was in high school, we had a coach that taught some of us how to, how to wrestle, like properly wrestle. And believe it or not, for those of you listening, I know Lavelle knows, but those of you listening – Man, wrestling takes a lot out of you. Like, legitimately rolling on the ground with a dude or trying to set up something. Like, it takes a lot out of you. But also, like, I, like what you were saying with the shin conditioning and deadening those nerves, it makes sense now why when you look at an MMA fight, they can kick a person's leg. And I'm talking about, like, whipping. It sounds like a whip action almost. And kick it countless times without, you know what I'm saying, really feeling it they self. Or, like, sometimes I've seen where a guy kicks on kicks or whatever and they break, they, uh, break their, um, the bones in the shin. Yeah. And barely even feel it or whatever. You know, I ain't gonna say barely feel it all, but, you know, barely feel it, you know, because they've conditioned themselves to get to that point. So, now that you say that, it does make sense. That was one part I really didn't know about MMA is, is the conditioning, uh, not only the body, but the not only the cardiovascular system, but also the physical body as well. Yeah, there's different um, limbs like that. They, I mean, they'll do the same thing. Like you'll practice like, uh, like, like some. I mean, boxers do the same thing, like punching in sand or stuff like that um, to help mm-hmm. strengthening up your strengthen up your hands. Um, that way you don't have to worry about your hands breaking as much. I like the same thing, same conditioning. You don't have to worry about your shins, uh, elbows, things like that. So, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot that um, some folks – not everybody don't do this, but it's a lot that folks do do um, in regards to making sure that they are overall the best. But, yes, circling back because of, of course, the grappling background, a lot of folks don't know that about grappling. They, they think it's something simple, like when you watch a wrestling match in high school, it's three two-minute periods, and you be like, man, they ain't enough to do. I challenge anybody, go find somebody your same size. and That legitimately know how to wrestle. That legitimately know how to wrestle, and then go with them for two. Matter of fact, you don't even got – really, you don't even got to – know. they don't even got to know how to wrestle. You can just go find your cousin, your neighbor, whatever. Yeah. Y'all the same size, go in the backyard and wrestle. Actively wrestle for two minutes, and then watch how tired you are. It don't matter if this dude's a, a marathon runner or not. It's a whole lot of different muscles. It's a whole lot of different uh, uh-huh. cardio that you probably ain't never felt before. You'll be hurt in different in different regions of your body that you need no muscles in. Yo, I mean, it, it takes a lot to do. I mean, like you said, it looks simple, but it's really not. Um, so that 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 helps us segue into the next question, right? So. You've been in, in some grappling tournaments. You've been in some some actual MMA tournaments, this and that, whatever. What's the mindset going into a fight? I mean, I know we talked about this off air. What's the mindset going into going into a fight or a match? Um, is there a fear of getting knocked out, or is there a fear of like, did I do everything? I mean, I understand that you always gonna have it like, did I do everything I need to do in training, this and that. But you know, what what's it like um, going into that into that atmosphere? Yeah, I man, I'm telling you, like, like we, like you said, we done talked off off air, and I'm still uh, circling back in equators to the same thing. Think about anybody who does whatever sport event that they do. Um, 
just think about it's the same thing. Uh, whatever butterflies you feel in your stomach, um, it's the same butterflies that the MMA fighter is more likely going to feel or the grapple is going to feel right before they step on that mat. Uh, but, like, I've lost twice by TKO. Um, and so right now I haven't even won an MMA fight. But regardless of that, I've told people uh, many a times, there's no – like, when I – if you understand possible outcomes, what could or could not happen, to me it helps alleviate a lot of pressure off of you. I knew I could win or lose uh, either by knockout submission or ref's decision. I mean, not ref, but a uh, judge's decision. I know that all coming mm-hmm. in. And so by doing that, going into an MMA contest, the only thing that you worry about is first is like, okay, you finna actually physically fight somebody. This dude is actually trying to hurt you. And then, so you had that. But then once you get in there, the first punches start to land or whatever, um, then you just realize the best man going to win that night. And then when it comes to grappling, mm-hmm. Grappling is a whole different thing. And the only reason why I say that is, is once you get out of college, once you get out of high school, and your wrestling career is over, you got to pay to do these things. So yeah. <laughs> these tournaments cost about $100. And, you know, of course, you're traveling and everything else to go to these events. So my mindset when I first get there is, and this, I'm telling you, it's crazy. I ain't a small dude by any means, 6'3" three forty and cutting down the weight. But I'll see big dudes. I'm like, man, I hope this dude ain't in my division. And the only reason why is because I'm looking for an easy night because I done paid this hundred dollars and I I for damn sure ain't trying to leave with nothing, right? So yep. um, but then that dude be in the division and he gets served anyway. I'm twenty five and two in grappling, so y'all can check it out on my Instagram, whatever. But so I'm certified uh in the lower levels. I'm getting up there in the ranks, but I already knew what my level was before I started doing the grappling stuff anyway. But grappling, the whole mindset is, uh, of course, well, anything is like you really don't want no major injuries. That's number one. Mm-hmm. But in grappling is I done paid X amount of dollars. I better leave with some hardware. And uh, that's that's what I look at it as. Um, and then because I just love to compete. That's my thing. Is competition right. is, uh, is something that I've, I've done like doing for a very long time. I'm looking at being the best at what I do. So it don't bother me none uh, besides worrying about the financials. It, but that's what mm-hmm. I'm looking at is I just got the medals I have upstairs. If I really think about it, I got like $1,000 worth of medals upstairs. Not saying that the medals are worth $1,000, but that's how much it costs for me to go all these competitions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's that's what I'm saying. I think, and that's, that's what a lot of people and all you out there listening not saying that you necessarily have to be an MMA competitor, but those of you that have played sports and, you know, maybe you're taking time off, whatever, let the competitiveness and the drive, if you like athletics, let that drive you to get into fitness of some sort or to get into um, some sort of, of regimen where you are practicing something, whether it be for a hobby or whether that be for, you know, legitimate, um, just exercise let let you got to have a passion something that gets you up wakes you up and drives you each and every day and that's 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 what i get from it um you know like you were saying going into a competition you probably felt the same way i did before a football game like i would be nervous and yeah you look at a person and say man i hope this part i don't have to go against them this and that whatever but once you get in it like all the nerves leave and you just in it you know what i'm saying so 
Um, and so that's that's what what you kind of feel and go through. Uh, this, that, whatever. Um, we got a few questions before we get ready to wrap this up, and I'm gonna ask you this. We're gonna gonna try to keep them. Uh, keep try to knock them out for y'all. I know y'all been listening. Uh, thoroughly, and I appreciate you for that. But I'm gonna ask these last last few, and we're gonna get ready to wrap it up. So, is MMA a big a big sport in the South? So. MMA is becoming a bigger sport in the South. There's a lot more uh, grappling competitions that are coming down here. Uh, some in your area that's happening in Southern Mississippi, uh, bare knuckle fighting is something big that just came this came back. This was gone for a while down there. So there is uh, different things people are trying to do in regards to the MMA space. Uh the only, the reason why MMA probably isn't as big as the South as in other areas, and that's because the SEC doesn't have wrestling. And yeah. uh, the SEC, well, I mean, they have Missouri, but I think they, they partner with the Big 12 during that. But mm-hmm. uh, since they don't have wrestling, not a lot of jiu-jitsu schools, um, martial arts schools were down here in the South. They're popping up everywhere now, like this uh, – Recently, we had this professor, um, part of this checkmate organization. He came in, and his school got so big so fast, he had to make three different locations um, within a few months. Mm-hmm. So there are uh, – so the, it is it is getting a lot bigger. There is mm-hmm. different uh, – there is different uh, things that you can do. Um, like, mm-hmm. I don't know about your area. Like I said, the area I am in now, it's getting a lot bigger. It's a lot more prominent, a lot more organizations uh, showing up for people to compete and stuff. Yeah, I would say I know you would probably know more about that than I would because that's more of like the circle and, you know, the field that you're in more so than me. So I didn't want to give a false answer on that. Um, so yeah, what you, can, you can find you know? it. Uh, depending on where you I mean, like, just check it out. I mean, just just Google, like, MMA or jiu-jitsu. Like, a lot of them probably won't even say they do MMA. But just Google like jujitsu or something in your area, submission wrestling, something like mm-hmm. that, and uh, they probably end up doing it all. There's definitely like fitness kickboxing uh, showing up everywhere for a fact. Yeah, yeah, I gonna say yeah. I know here in Tupelo, we do have a fitness kickboxing, and I think they have like one. It may be, I know it's one for sure. Jujitsu studio here um, in this area that I just know of. So. Um, my my other question is: What advice would you give to heavyweight fighters trying to come trying to succeed in combat sports? I know a lot of times when we think of fighters, we think of the lighter guys or the middleweight guys, but nobody really talks about the heavies. And I know some guys out there, especially being here in Mississippi, <laughs> that are heavier and and may want to uh, get into it. What what is what is a piece of advice that you would give to those guys? A piece of advice I would give to a lot of the guys is, uh, like, number one, it's like, first of all, it's being honest with yourself. Uh, know if you are – if like me, I know I got extra weight on me, and I know I can get down slimmer uh, to a, a weight class that's more comparable to you. That's – really, that's, like, number one. A lot of people need to really do that uh, because they want to go for the big knockouts, be kind of lazy. And because you do that, your cardio will increase. If you're a bigger person and you know you're not going to lose the weight, cardio is number one. Uh, power is the first thing to fade um, when it comes to a fight. Uh, so mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you had a cardio to last uh, a few rounds 
on somebody. And also, if you are, if you have better cardio, it's harder for you to get knocked out. So um, that's number one. And number two, we also have to definitely make sure, or, well, that's probably number two. Number three is you definitely want to make sure um, your nutrition um, is a lot better. And I know I'm guilty of this too. When you don't have to cut weight for events and fights, a lot of times you be like, hey, man, I don't care. I'll eat that ho-ho. I'll drink this Coke or whatever because you know you're not having to lose the weight. Take the same steps that you see that your smaller guys doing, uh, increasing the amount of water that you're drinking, uh, making sure that you're eating all the right things, uh, portion control, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. And you'll see they'll come tenfold in a fight. If you go to a lot of these amateur events, and even if you watch professional heavyweights, a lot of them, after two minutes, they got nothing. And they literally yeah. that they just winging punches because they didn't take the cardio uh, seriously. They was like, I'm going to knock this dude out in two minutes, and it don't work. So now whoever has the better cardio is the one that's going to last and end up winning the fight. Gotcha. So last question before we wrap it up. Um, your favorite, your favorite mixed martial artist, and go. My favorite mixed martial artist is Daniel Cormier. It used to be, you know, he used to be the heavyweight champion. He used to be like, yeah, I say, <laughs> he took an L this past weekend. But we ain't worried about it. Yeah, <laughs> but <and laughs> the, the reason why is because if you understand this man's backstory, and yeah. uh, he he got no allegations against him. Um, and this is, of course, this is stuff off the out the cage, but it still matters to me. He got no allegations mm-hmm. out the cage. Um, number one, he's a bigger guy, so that's I easily could resonate with his style a lot better, especially because he was wrestler, way wrestler, way better wrestler than what I was. But um, he was a wrestler, um, and he understood the grind. He um, the only he has he has some flaws. His flaws was he shouldn't he should have realized. Uh, like when he went against Kale Sanderson, if you guys follow wrestling at all, Kale Sanderson mm-hmm. is the head coach of Penn State. He's also a three-time national champion. Um, and Daniel lost to him three years in a row. And Daniel was hard-headed and was like, I can beat him. And he lost to him in the finals three straight times when Daniel probably could have went up to a different weight class and ended up uh, being a national champion himself. And the same thing when it came to his Olympic trials. But uh, either way, either way, as my son comes and try to interrupt the podcast, but either way, um, that's uh, that's why him him and Mighty uh, Demetrius Johnson, um, two guys who uh, definitely uh, transcended the sport with their overall styles and um, have no problems off the field. If you had asked me this a few years ago, I probably would have gave you Anderson Silva. Uh, mm-hmm. But Anderson Silva has his own problems as it is now. Um, but DC, like I said, just him, his overall ability to overcome all obstacles um, and the way he leads by example, his team, and uh, just different mm-hmm. things that he do inside of that. And I would say, y'all, if I had to get y'all one mind of GSP, I was going to be George St. Pierre because uh, it's just, I ain't seen nothing like it since then, my brief moment when I was into, into, uh, into watching it pretty heavy. I like him as a person, though. Um, I watch a lot of his stuff. I like him as a person. Yeah, um, he, 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 I can see that one too. Cause he, same thing. You ain't got no, no problems with him off the, out the cage. Um, mm-hmm. 
And he was able to beat people however he felt like he needed to beat them, whether it was on the feet or on the ground. Exactly. Um, so, y'all, I'm glad we got this podcast going. Um, it took us a while <laughs> to get y'all some good content. Um, of course, we had technical problems. Um, and and it's, it's not to put out there, but to show you guys that you have to persevere through it um, in order to get the job done, however it need to get done. But uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and rate this podcast. Don't forget to follow uh, Lavelle at 37 Mode on uh, Instagram. And what's the name of your podcast? Yeah, so, yeah, 37 Mode on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that's the word 30, the number 7, and the word mode. And also the name of the podcast is The Wide World of Bell, uh, where I'll be covering different topics like MMA, uh, football, fitness, uh, just different tips and tricks, anything that interests me. And uh, I definitely will be having you on there uh, sometime in the near future. That way we can try to let everybody else know uh, the grind of trying to start your own business and uh, the trials and tribulations that come with it. It, it never stops, man. But I appreciate everybody for taking the time to listen to this podcast, th- taking the time for letting the Legends of Athletics be a part of your daily routine or at least one part of your daily life. Um, thanks for pressing play. And until next time, do the things that Legends do each and every day. Take the the – don't take the easy road, but take the road less travel and do your own thing, ride your own lane, and be legendary.